You guys, another Friday, another podcast. Welcome back to the Auto Amateur Podcast. This is James, the number two Porsche podcast in the Pan-Pacific Australasia area. According to a post that I saw recently from my good friend Michael Bath on Instagram, who is in number one spot. Now, he said it wasn't a competition, sarcastically. Well, I didn't think it was, but now it is. <laughs> Welcome to the number two Porsche podcast. This is Auto Amateur. So welcome back. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are not listening to good old Michael over at Porsche Cooled. At least not right now. And I thank you. I thank you for that. Because that helps me edge closer and closer to the number one spot. (laughs) I have no idea where I am in the UK or the US, but hey, I want to be number one in pan-Pacific Australasia area. That sounds pretty cool to me. And I'm wondering if I'm popular in that area because I keep featuring Aussies (laughs) on my podcasts. And actually, most recently, my good mate Andy from Last Rasp. You know, I've probably listened to the podcast that I dropped last week, I don't know, 10 times. It is so much fun talking with that guy. He is such a nice guy. He is so funny. He is so clever. You know, I've just, I've got a bit of a guy crush, let's face it, on uh, on Andy. If you're listening, mate, I hope you're going bright red. Uh, Another crazy week in the Porsche world. There is just so much going on at the moment. There is content coming out every other day, whether it's Lee Sibley, whether it's Jay Reed. I haven't seen so much from Mr. Nick Murray recently, but uh, Obsessed Garage, they continue. Matt Mormon and his crew continue to pump out really top quality content. You know, I think I'm pretty much giving up on Netflix and Prime Video and HBO Max because I think I pretty much spend most of my time watching YouTube videos, you know, to one degree or another. I'm bored of movies until the next sort of phase four, you know, Marvel movies come out or maybe the next Star Wars movie or a good, I don't know. Maybe the next Ghostbusters movie, if uh, if Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and everybody comes back for a one last hurrah. I'm just done with movies. And TV, yeah, okay, there are a couple of good TV shows that I like watch every now and again. But pff, I'm just done. I'm done with regular TV. I, th- I feel like I need to cancel all my subscriptions. YouTube is pretty much where it's at. And if not YouTube, Instagram. And if not Instagram, TikTok. Why would anybody want to watch regular TV? <laughs> Ah, well, you know, that's just my two cents. Now, speaking of which, I haven't made very many videos recently. I've kind of had my hands full with uh, our newborn, uh, Gracie. Gracie Lynn uh, is her middle name. Um, She's adorable, you guys. She is so cool. And she's ginger. She's part of hashtag Team Ginger, uh, which my two boys aren't. Uh, Luke and Adam are basically blonde or, you know, kind of sandy blonde. Um, they occasionally show that they might have a tinge of the ginge, but, uh, no, poor little Gracie, she and I are both in team ginger, uh, but she's adorable. You know, she sleeps, she eats, she sleeps, she eats, she's really no trouble at all. Um, it's been, it's been actually relatively straightforward, uh, over the past, um, you know, over the past three weeks since she's been here. Uh, but man, oh man, it's, uh, it's fun being a dad. 
Uh, but yeah, that means I haven't really had a lot of chance to get out into the garage, and uh, that's just the way it goes. Uh, I've done a couple of lives, um, I've done a couple of podcasts, I'm on Instagram, of course, still, you know, posting away. But I have been tinkering away in the background on a couple of jobs which are about to start becoming real. And by that, I mean parts are showing up, and I'm starting to make more videos about them. And essentially, I've got another series of 991 mods coming. Three big ones, and then maybe a handful of others. Uh, if you've been following me on Instagram recently, you'll know that uh, I've been sort of sneaking a few photos out there here and there. Uh, one was super easy. Uh, it was another, yes, another piece of carbon fiber trim on the interior of my, uh, my 991, the gear shifter. Um, it's, it's, in, it's ridiculously easy to take off that PDK gear shifter. There are no screws. There are no little fiddly you know, bits and bobs. You essentially just twist the collar at the bottom of the, uh, of the, bottom of the shaft of the gear shifter. You twist it anti-clockwise, like maybe one or two notches uh, from 12 o'clock to, let's say, 10 o'clock. You pull it off. You put the new one on. You twist it back, two more notches, back to midnight. And there it is. It's on. Uh, what was $1,000 worth of carbon fiber gear shifter at suncoastparts.com uh, was put on an open box special, and I managed to pick that up for about $350. And that still sounds ridiculous for a gear shifter, which I already had, just for a couple of little pieces of carbon fiber on either side. But if you like carbon fiber, you know, like me, that's not ridiculous. That's that's life. <laughs> that's passion. That's you know what I spend my pocket money on. I obviously don't spend it on clothes. I have 10 black Carhartt t-shirts, which I wear pretty much every day. Uh, I'm exciting like that. So, you know, I spend $100 on my wardrobe. <laughs> I spend money on little bits and bobs for my Porsche. So that's one. And, you know, not a major improvement, but it's it's probably, probably, probably the last piece of carbon fiber I think I can put inside my car before even I start to think I've gone a bit over the top. Um, I've got the door sills. I've got the uh, sports chrono housing in carbon fiber. Um, I've got a couple of accents on each of the door panels in carbon fiber. I've got the center surround uh, around the gear shifter and all the buttons in the center console. I now have the gear shifter. And then I've got the trim um, across the front of the dash where the, uh, the lights and the key fob is, uh, and then across where the cup holders are. So I think, I think that's probably enough. I did think about carbon fiber paddle shifters for the steering wheel. Until I saw that they were like $1,800, which even I will say a big fat no to. Uh, so that might be it for carbon fiber. Uh, but that's quite exciting. Now, the other mod uh, is steering wheel. I'm really excited about this. I you know, really couldn't care less, frankly, about steering wheels too much. Uh, you know, they look okay. They work. They function. You blow the horn and, you know, traffic gets out of your way, that kind of deal. Uh, I love the paddle shifters on it, but you know, I didn't really feel like I wanted to do much to it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did the podcast with uh, Rene from uh, Dutch 911. Super nice guy. You should check out that podcast, but also check out his Instagram, Dutch underscore nine, Dutch, uh, nine underscore 11. Um, he was telling me about a company in the UK that for a couple of hundred pounds, uh, a couple of hundred dollars, whatever, um, basically refurbished his 997 steering wheel. And uh, they put new leather all over it. Um, they did some uh, deviated white stitching, I think it was, or the, the gray stitching, uh, and a notch on the top. And it looked brand new. It looked really good. 
uh, and it you know went back on his car in a matter of minutes. So I've been looking into that. Um, I didn't go with Royal steering wheels in the end in the UK just for fear of losing my steering wheel. You know, international travel, especially at the moment with COVID, um, things are going missing all over from you know me to Europe and Europe to me. Um, so I found a company called Craft Customs here in the U.S. in Texas. Uh, there are a couple of other places around the country that do this sort of work. Uh, this was recommended to me by a friend here in the Twin Cities, uh, Matt, who had the job done himself. Uh, I liked his photos, so I, I checked him out, spoke to them. Very nice, um, you know, relatively small company. Uh, I think Carter is the name of the guy uh, who runs the company. I'm not sure. Um, but very nice crew, very nice guys. The ordering was very easy. You know, you put down what you want. If you've got any photos of what you want it to look like, you can attach it to your order. Um, they give you a phone call. You talk through all of the different options and where you want the leather and do you want regular leather, perforated leather, uh, the colors, the stitching. There are two or three different kinds of stitching. Do you want baseball stitching or cross stitching? Or there's another there's another kind of stitching that begins with B. It's like it's like baccarat, but it's not baccarat. It's it's something like that. Another another kind of stitching. Uh, do you want a notch or not? Do you want a combination of perforated leather or regular leather? Alcantara. It's really up to you. You can customize it however you want. They've got so many different colors as well. If you wanted to go, you know, all like full blown. Pride for Pride Week or Unicorn <laughs> colored, I'm pretty sure you could get yourself a super uber custom steering wheel. Uh, I've gone for black leather, um, so the newer black leather like I have uh, right now. Um, you know, new version of what I have now. Uh, but I'm adding deviated cross stitching uh, in red to go with my red seat belts and the red tack face and the red sports chrono face. Uh, do I have anything else red in the dash? No, just those three pieces of red. Uh, so I think that's going to tie the interior together nicely. Uh, and then I'll have the notch on the top of the steering wheel as well at 12 o'clock. Um, that will also be in leather instead of 3M electrical tape, like I messed around with as a prototype <laughs> a couple of months ago. Uh, and so that should be back in a week. It usually runs like two to three weeks. They said they could probably turn mine around in two, cause a couple of days shipping either side. But I sent that off about a week and a half ago. So hopefully it's going to be coming soon. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's another exciting mod. And I've, I've already filmed the, uh, the before. So I've got footage of the steering wheel coming off. And of course, I'm going to have footage of the steering wheel going back on. Uh, but also Craft Customs have, uh, have been super, super, uh, flexible they don't usually do this for customers but um i put in a pretty please request and and uh offered to you know give them a big shout out in my video they're going to give me a little bit of footage of the job itself um so i think it's going to be super interesting to see the leather coming off and you know the padding and going back on again um that whole thing sounds pretty fascinating to me so that's awesome that's really exciting uh, and, and of course these jobs i can just do in my garage while uh without having to trot around uh, and I can come and go uh, back in playing dad again with um, with the new baby and the boys uh, as I have been doing. And then lastly, uh, the probably the biggest job of all um, is I finally decided to take the plunge and put the, uh, the sportier front bumper from the factory aero kit onto the front of the 991, uh, taking off the stock. Uh, and I'm in the process right now of actually removing the front bumper. This has been a job literally of five minutes. I had five minutes before, I took the headlights out, I had to go back inside. I had another five minutes, took out a few fasteners, had to go back inside. The whole thing should probably take no less than 45 minutes to actually get off. Uh, but, you know, 
so far it's taken an entire day <laughs> and I haven't got it off because I've been going backwards and forwards but uh, you know that's fine it's it's a lot of fun but I'm actually going to mount the the new bumper that I have on the front of it just to make sure it fits uh, before I send it into paint uh, and this is where it gets really I guess interesting and hilarious at the same time uh, instead of a primed basic plastic uh, front bumper that you'd get from Porsche or Suncoast or wherever you would want to buy it from around the world and it would show up and it would basically just be plastic colored and primed which would probably look an ugly color of three or four different shades of white or silver um, this actually came off a wreck I got this from LA Dismantler in uh, Los Angeles, LA. Um, and uh, instead of spending 2,500 uh, to get it from uh, you know retail online, brand new, I paid $500 for it. The shipping was a wash, you know, either option. Uh, so I've already saved a ton of money off the part. Now I need to buy um, the vents. I need to buy the lower lip spoiler. So that's probably going to add another, you know, let's say. Five hundred dollars. It's a thousand dollar piece of hardware then in total, as opposed to twenty five hundred. And then you just got to get it painted. Uh, so I've lined up a local. Uh, I've lined up a local store, a local shop here uh, in south of uh, Minneapolis, who are going to do the work for me. Um, they actually did my rear bumper when the nine nine one arrived on the truck from L.A. nearly two years ago now. Um, the guys transporting it, unfortunately, uh, put a big scratch through the clear coat and through the paint. Uh, so I had to have the entire rear bumper repainted. Uh, and they did a perfect job. It looks factory. Um, where actually the stock bumper on the front of my car right now has been resprayed before. And, you know, I think casually you'd never know. Uh, but now that I've been up close and personal, I've been looking at it a lot, and a few other people have commented as well who have worked on the car with me, you can tell that it's not quite factory paint. Uh, so going back to this uh, local store, Northland Collision in, uh, where are they, Apple Valley, Minnesota, um, they did a great job with the rear bumper, so I'm expecting the same from the front. Uh, and they're a little family-owned business, and uh, it's really cool, actually. Their shop looks like a log cabin that you'd expect to see in the middle of the wilderness, but it's actually a... Uh, collision and body shop <laughs> it's pretty funny uh so that's that's gonna be really cool and the you know the actual process of taking off the bumper and and fitting the new one and making sure it fits and then getting it painted um lots of opportunity for just you know fun hobby kind of stuff on my own but also lots of great opportunity for making content so uh they're the three sort of big jobs that I've got coming up. Um, I've got a few other things coming up. Uh, I've got a trip to Indianapolis in a couple of weeks to go visit my friend Jeremy, uh, who had an unfortunate incident in his GT3 uh, when we were down in Atlanta. Uh, he had a rear-end collision, unfortunately. Um, thankfully, no major damage, just a bumper, um, or even just a corner of a bumper and a little bit of heat shielding. Uh, but he's getting his car back. It looks brand new, and uh, I'm going to be installing a backup cam for him and a forward-facing cam to go with the Joy Auto unit that I installed uh, previously. So that's going to be a fun excuse. I am hoping my uh, my mate Todd over by Chicagoland is going to be pushing forward on his uh, vintage Porsche restoration project because uh, he mentioned something about June or July and getting that thing finished. And I want to go back and see it on the road and, of course, make a video or two. Uh, so that could be another trip that's coming up. And then, of course... I keep saying then, of course, like you all know this and probably don't. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself here in my office, so I know everything that I'm about to say. 
my good friend Jay Reed uh, from YouTube fame and Instagram, the Jay Reed Car Channel. Uh, he and I are going to be going back to the Smoky Mountains and back to the Tale of the Dragon, this time just staying in the mountains, not going down to Atlanta. Um, four days driving around on the tail, but also all the other different roads that are around there. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of car meets. If you go to autoamateur.com and take a look at the, the page, which I think is called um, Fall Tour, um, you'll see updates on what we're planning, on where, and we've already got at least a dozen people interested in one or two of the events. Uh, we're going to try and do a social as well. Now the country's opening up a little bit and, uh, you know, a lot of people have been vaccinated and COVID is um, a little less of a risk. Um, it'll be outdoors, but, you know, that'll be fun as well. So, so much fun stuff going going on. Uh, you know, why, why do I have other things in my life to take care of? Um, but that's me. Let's talk about the Porsche world, which is also going a little bit nutty at the moment. So let's talk about the Porsche world. Has anybody really been looking for a car recently? Have you been sort of surprised at just how few cars are on the market? Dealers don't have as much inventory as they've had. In fact, some dealers don't have any new 911s on hand. You can go and test drive something. You're probably going to be test driving a Cayman. You might be test driving a Cayenne or a Macan. Um, probably a, uh, a new Taycan. But uh, are you going to be test driving any kind of real fancy 911? Probably not. The allocation's going for the Turbo S and the GT3. Um, but even your Carreras and your Carrera 4s and your Carrera S's and Targas, they're sold. They're gone. The inventory is really low around the country. In many respects, while that sounds great for Porsche, um, I imagine it's pretty frustrating being a dealer as you have customers in this period of pandemic wanting to spend their money and get their dream car because the world's coming to an end. Okay, it's not, but you know what I mean. Um, the pressure's there. The incentive is there. People are spending money on things they wouldn't usually spend their money on, maybe out of boredom as opposed to worrying about, you know, um, they're, they're only having so much time left on the planet. Um, but imagine having customers coming up more than usual and not being able to fulfill that demand because the factories aren't putting out the cars as quickly or just because... You know, supply is, uh, or demand is outstripping supply. You just don't have the inventory. And you've got to try and push the customer into maybe a different model. Or maybe buying a new car, but trying to convince them that, you know, a six to nine month waiting time is fine. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, sort of three or four months or whatever it is that usually is. Um, but even the even the used car market, you know, the, the 996 prices have been going up. The 997 prices have been going up a little bit. I think I think actually the, the 996 prices have been going up more significantly recently than the 997, but still the 997s have been going up. Um, even the 991s, I, I know people that have been selling base model 991s or S model 991s that they've had for a couple of years, and they're actually walking away without losing any money. Their cars have maybe depreciated, but that depreciation has been zeroed out recently just by the market demand. And they're either breaking even or even in some cases making a little bit of money. I mean, can you believe that? Buying buying a five or six-year-old Porsche 911, um, a 991, and actually maybe walking away with five grand in your pocket, having spent the past four or five years driving it. I mean, isn't that just insane? It, fantastic for the people doing it, but... It's bonkers. Um, and especially the second generation 991, um, people are just 
fighting hand over fist to get those used cars. Now, of course, you can find them online. You can go to Auto Trader or Carvana or whatever it is you go to look for your cars. And yeah, there are dozens out there for sale. But are they the same price they were six months ago or a year ago? I don't think so. Not from my research and not from what I'm hearing uh, from, from friends in the industry. Uh, it's, it's really sort of interesting times. I had a friend recently that uh, sort of passed his, his one-year birthday, if you will, or anniversary of uh, owning uh, a 991 GT3, and he sold it and walked away with money in his pocket. Isn't that incredible? And let's just talk about the GT Touring, the GT3 Touring for a second. Again, I know a couple of people that are in the process of selling their 991.2 GT3 Tourings, and where they may have picked them up for 200 grand or 180 grand on the used market a year ago, there was one recently that sold for $280,000. $280,000, that's nearly a $100,000 gain on a car. It's just, it's just, it's bonkers, absolutely bonkers. If I had the cash to throw around and buy those cars, wait a minute, maybe that's a good argument to Ruthie, my wife. Honey, let me get one of these new cars, and I promise we'll turn around a nice chunk of change in a couple of years after I've enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah, no, I can't see that one working. Yeah, I I could try, but no, that's not going to work. Ugh. Well, so there's the used car market and the new market. Um, I am desperate to get myself into some of the new 992s and make a few test drive videos. Um, my friend Chris, who works at Porsche of Minneapolis, always very accommodating. Uh, his schedule and my schedule, you know, rarely line up, but when they do. There's always an opportunity to go and do some driving, but from what I understand, uh, there's just there aren't the cars there, which is a real shame. Uh, but speaking of my buddy Chris, uh, I'm going to be hopefully making a video with him soon. If you recall, about a year ago, uh, he turned up with a brand new 992 in Carmine Red with the factory aero kit. In fact, I think it was the first factory aero kit car that was delivered to a customer in North America. Chris was breaking a few records there. Um, absolutely gorgeous car, ridiculously fast. I did a video where we went head to head on a road with a drone on top and you could just see this car pulling away from me within a split second of uh, putting the foot on the gas. Um, but he is now moving on potentially away from that 9924S to a new car. I don't know if I should say which one, but let's just say that it's insanely fast, possibly the fastest 911 available today, and it's a 992. <laughs> Have I given it away? Let's also say that I've driven one recently in Atlanta. <laughs> but I'm not going to say, but I'm really excited. And it's another opportunity to sit down with Chris and have a laugh and uh, configure that car live um, with you all watching and, uh, and just talk about what it's going to be like. But what I'm really excited about is that Chris is thinking about doing European delivery, which means uh, I've invited myself along on that trip and uh, whoever else is going, I don't know. But at the very least, I will be accompanying Chris to Stuttgart where we go and pick up his car and we drive it around Europe and then it's got to go on a ferry and we'll go back you know, on the plane. <sighs> but that's a bucket list item that I'm going to check off vicariously through Chris. <laughs> Can you imagine? Flying out to Stuttgart, picking up a brand new car, driving around the European roads. Of course, that means I'm going to need to get my hands on a 911 while I'm out there. Uh, Hertz rent them from Amsterdam Airport and a couple of other European airports. Uh, I'm going to need to maybe 
try and find a way to sell some more t-shirts online or uh, up my ad revenue to pay for that because I imagine renting a 911 for a week is not going to be the cheapest um but we'll see we'll figure it out maybe I can I don't know steal one <laughs> no let's not do that uh but you know how much fun would that be going with one of your best mates to uh, to Europe picking up a car that just sounds like heaven to me it's so cool i think you also have the option to pick them up from either atlanta or la uh that doesn't sound as exciting um but having done the road trip from la back to minneapolis before when i first bought a 911 my 996 uh, about 4 or 5 years ago that was still and it is still to this day uh the best road trip i've ever taken just absolutely phenomenal So how's COVID in your neck of the woods? Uh, here in Minnesota, I think about 60% of the state has now been vaccinated. Uh, and what I've noticed in the past couple of weeks is that life seems to be getting not fully back to normal, but I've noticed a lot of people on patios outside of restaurants and bars. Um, but more excitingly, I've also noticed a surge Maybe that's not the best word to, to use, given the pandemic. <laughs> um, but I've seen an increase in the number of car events being scheduled. In fact, our local cars and coffee event, uh, there's a big hoopla about this weekend's cars and coffee event on Saturday, this first weekend in June. Um, they used to have the car parks outside of a racetrack. Um, Canterbury Racetrack here in uh, southwest Minneapolis kind of way, one of the suburbs on the southwest of the city. Uh, over the past year or two, they've been going through major renovation and construction. So Cars and Coffee has sort of moved around to one or two places. It was at a casino, Mystic Lake Casino, and um, there were mixed reviews about the size of the lot and uh, how people were getting in and out. And Honestly, last year with the pandemic, I didn't go, and the year before, it just sounded not quite as cool as the original. But now we're back to Canterbury and back to that um, that venue. It's incredible. Uh, very, very similar to what we saw in Atlanta at Caffeine and Octane. Uh, maybe not quite on the same scale, but we're still talking about thousands of cars. We're still talking about thousands of people. Um, so I'm quite excited to see what that looks like, and the weather's getting really nice here. Um, getting back there... Maybe even take my kids. They they haven't been vaccinated, but we'll get the masks on them. Um, but I'm kind of excited. Little, little cautious maybe about going now, but as the summer continues to unfold in front of us, uh, more cars and coffee events. There's a uh, um, couple of uh, shows in downtown Minneapolis. The State Fair is coming up in August, and uh, I think it's going to be open this year. There'll probably be limited capacity, but that's actually my favorite event of the year here in the Twin Cities. If you haven't checked it out uh, before and you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's a lot of fun. It's been going on for decades. It's called the Great Minnesota Get-Together, and it's this permanent fairground that opens up every now and again during the year for car events and, you know, the odd sort of art festival here and there but basically 12 days before labor day every year thousands of people turn up and they go on roller coaster rides or they check out the latest trucks on uh, machinery hill um, there are live events there my dad and i saw the beach boys play there a year ago um you know there are some pretty big name bands that get in there as well um, lady gaga was there a couple of years ago um 
And of course, there's every kind of deep fried food you could think of. Corn dogs and deep fried bacon and big fat bacon on a stick and cookies and donuts and turkey legs and all sorts of different stuff. But it, it's loads of fun. Um, but I think about it because actually the, 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 the Twin City Auto Show, which is usually in the convention center, that was at the State Fair just a few weeks ago. Uh, now, you don't get all of the exotic cars there, but even just to go around and take your kids to look at the trucks and the new Mustangs and Camaros and Jeeps, etc. Um, the Audis are there. The Corvettes are there. Um, it's actually pretty cool. So lots of exciting stuff coming in the summer as well. And from what I see around the world on Instagram and the Instabook, um, it looks like the same is happening as well people getting together and getting out and going for drives more and uh, meetups more. It's really cool to see. And all that means is more exciting content to come. So that's it for another podcast. Thanks for checking in. I've got a couple of more podcasts in the works. I'm going to have Andy back from Last Rasp. I'm going to be hitting up Jay. Uh, I'm also going to have Daniel on. In fact, one of the things we talked about with Andy last week was about tracking and autocross because Andy's just done a track day. I talked about autocross, and uh, honestly, I'm not really sold on the concept, just driving around a big car park, going around traffic cones. I've heard it's amazing. Within you know a couple of hours of publishing that podcast, Daniel from Jet Fuel Only got in touch with me, and he said, we need to do a podcast, and we need to talk about autocross and why you need to do it. So I'm looking forward to that chat, and uh, I hope you will do too. Stay safe, get out and drive, and I'll see you soon. Take care, guys. Bye.